today, uh, we all, most of us <laughs> anyway, we all know that today begins Holy Week. Today is what we call Palm Sunday. And this week, it represents Jesus' last physical, earthly week on earth. His triumphal entry into Jerusalem was the very first event of the week. This took place on the very first day of the week. And then and even now, it's still called Palm Sunday. Today's text opens up with Jesus preparing not only to demonstrate that he, that he is the Messiah, the one prophesied to be the Savior of the world, but he was about to shake up lives. As Jesus drew near to Jerusalem, he came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives. He, he, sent, he then sent two disciples into the village with specific instructions. His instructions were detailed to be very clear. His detailed instructions, however, were not common instructions. They were not instructions that would cause people to move with no question. As a matter of fact, he told them immediately that they were to go and find a donkey tied along with a colt and uh, the next thing they were to do was to loose them and bring them to him. Oh, and if anyone has anything to say about what they're doing, just tell them the Lord has need for them. And they'll send you on your way. Now, if you're being given these instructions, you've got to hear that, that these are very unique particulars that are shared very unique particulars the the particulars or the details of this exchange has to strike us as being unique Jesus isn't making a request of his disciples he wasn't asking if they would like to do this or if they would do this he wasn't even asking if they would feel comfortable doing this for him he charges two disciples. He instructs them. And his instructions were unique to say the least. They were to go and loosen someone else's donkey and colt. And to leave with someone else's donkey and colt. And oh, by the way, if the owner says, what are you doing? The Lord's got need for him. Do you think these disciples that Jesus gave these instructions to were shaken up a little? <laughs> I mean, can, can you imagine them walking into the village and talking to each other? Man, do you really want to go steal someone else's donkey colt? Man, are you ready to throw fists today? You know, they come out here and catch us doing this. Somebody might be fighting. <laughs> oh, Y'all are too righteous. <laughs> Y'all are too holy. That wouldn't happen. You wouldn't think those things. I got one that might just hit you. <laughs> you know, I trust the Lord. 
but I don't know the owner. And I don't trust anyone I don't know. Yeah, that'll resonate with you, won't it? Yeah. You know, preachers often say, you know, I trust, I trust the Lord. I just don't trust the people. And you want me to go and, and, and set my whole livelihood based upon what people are going to do? Well, the Lord will take care of you. Yeah, he will, but people won't. Yeah, we don't trust people, right? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine just how shaken and nervous these guys must have been as they were walking in this village after these unique particulars? were shared with them it has to be a question on our hearts and minds whether we know the answer or not but you know one thing is for certain unique particulars are common with the lord you can go all the way back to noah's day you know it had never rained they'd never seen water come from the sky and he tells them to build an ark but we're not going to go that far back let's come up a little bit earlier uh before we'd get all the way back to Noah. And just think about those particulars that were shared to Joshua when Israel was coming up to Jericho. You remember that? When, when Joshua led the children of Israel out of the wilderness and they crossed the Jordan on dry ground and, and the kings of the Amorites were on the west side of Jordan and the kings of the Canaanites were by the sea and when they heard that the God of Israel had, had dried up the Jordan so Israel could cross, the Bible says their heart melted and there was no spirit in them any longer. The Bible says that the city of Jericho, that they were securely, they were were securely shut up because the children because of the children of Israel they were afraid of Israel and no one could go out of Jericho and no one could come in but the Lord told Joshua that he was giving Jericho over to him not only Jericho but its king and its mighty men of valor they would be given into the hands of Joshua and with the city shut tight God told Joshua and the men of war some very unique particulars he told them to to march around the city once for six days and while they're marching he was to have seven priests in front of the ark and carrying trumpets made of ram's horns but on the seventh day on the seventh day the army was to march around seven times this city blowing their trumpets and after marching around the seven times uh, on that seventh day then the the people were to give a loud shout and when the, when this shout was heard they were to blast the trumpets and the walls of Jericho would collapse <laughs> and when the city walls would collapse the soldiers were to charge straight into the city and conquer their enemy now does that not sound strange to you is that not a strange way of conquering a city go to the city Take your soldiers, march around once for six days. And on the seventh day, oh, while you're marching around, take the Ark of the Covenant with you ahead of you and have the priest to walk around with it. But on the seventh day, you go around seven times. You blow the horns, you shout, and the walls are going to come down. From a military standpoint, <laughs> I'm sure this strategy just didn't make sense 
for these men of war. I imagine they were a little shaken by the instructions that were given, but they followed God's unique particulars to the letter. And because they did, they were victorious and they conquered Jericho. I want to ask you a question. Have you received any unique particulars from the Lord that has shaken you? Of course you have. There are many here who have been born again. You're born again. You had received some very unique particulars. But you know, in a crowd this size, I'm, I, I, would, I would bet that there, there's some here who's never confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I imagine with a crowd this size, there's probably a few that have believed and confessed, but for some reason or another, they find themselves far from God and have wandered back into a life of sin. But God has given us some unique particulars, some specific details that, that we struggle with in order to be in a right relationship with God. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 through 13, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Folks, these are very unique particulars for salvation. For some of you, it shakes you up just to to know that salvation can be that simple. It's hard to believe, especially when every religion stresses works. You know what you can and you cannot do to be in a right relationship with God. It's really, the really sad thing is there are Christian churches, Christian traditions, Christian denominations that that teach us and teach their, their members that there's a laundry list of things that you have to follow in order to be saved and stay saved. But the Bible says that we must believe and we must confess him as Lord and Savior. Some of you believe that you've just gone too far, you have, but you haven't. Some of you believe that you're unlovable, but that's not true. Some, so let me just shake you up a little. Every born-again believer has felt that way at some point or another in their life. Every believer has had moments of doubts and feelings of failure, but I like the way Lauren Daigle said it. She shared... Uh, she shared it this way. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. And, and every every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. I Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Then she cries out to the Lord, remind me once again who I am because I need to know. And because she cried out to the Lord, the Lord shared something with her that I think we all can benefit with. She goes on to say, you say I'm loved when I don't feel a thing. You say I'm strong when I think I'm weak. You say I'm held when I'm falling apart. And I believe, oh, I believe. You know the great thing about this? She says, when I don't belong you say I am yours oh to know that when when the world is crashing down around us when the world says we don't we've gone too far for anyone to love us he says if you'll call on him he'll make you his oh I wonder do you believe and if you will believe the unique particulars that he gives you in your life you'll find that the only thing that matters is what he thinks of you. 
People may say, well, you're foolish to believe that. (laughs) I'm okay for the world to think I'm foolish when the Lord says that I'm faithful. It's okay for the world to think I'm crazy when the Lord says I'm blessed. It's okay for the world to say I'm nothing when the Lord says here is all that I have to give to you. That's what the Lord says is all that matters. He said, if you will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and that God has raised him from the dead and confess him as your Lord and Savior, oh, you shall be saved. Yes, when we follow his unique particulars, there's going to also be an undeniable praise that's given. If we look in this passage, we find some things that take place. And according to the passage, these things took place according to Scripture. It had been prophesied in the Old Testament Scriptures that these very things will take place. Let's notice what took place here. The disciples brought back the donkey and colt, and they honored Jesus by placing... um, as the Lord by obeying him. The disciples had nothing to give the Lord. But what they did was they gave everything that they have. They took the clothes. The very minimal clothes that they had. And they laid those on the donkey or horse. Because he didn't have a saddle. So they made a saddle for the Lord. They were willing to have what few items that they did own. Become dirty and smelly as they worshiped and praised the Lord. We need to be aware of the importance of what's actually taking place. Jesus wasn't sitting on a colt riding into Jerusalem while, uh, um, Jesus wasn't just sitting there while others were walking. He was actually taking his rightful place as king. As he's going in there, he's showing everyone else that he is king. But he wasn't demonstrating that he was just any king. He was a king of peace. He was riding a young colt rather than riding a conqueror's stallion. He wasn't making any claims of an earthly kingdom. Instead, he was saying that he's coming to save the world through peace not through war folks the multitude received their king as a matter of fact they stripped their clothes and they cut branches and placed the branches and their clothes in the road as Jesus come by and they were shouting Hosanna which means save now or save we pray they cried out the son of David which is the title for the Messiah they shouted blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord which means blessed is he whom God sends to save his people. They shouted Hosanna in the highest, which means God save, we pray. Thou art in the highest, save now through him whom you have sent. Their praise given to our Lord was undeniable. And we can recall a message in Mark and Luke's gospel that Jesus shares that speaks of a poor widow. This widow serves as an example for us about how we are to genuinely praise and worship the Lord. She gave all that she had. Folks, this wasn't as much about money as we like to think. 
This is more, or it's not as much about money as swindlers who preach this text often would like us to think. God didn't need her money. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills and the fullness thereof. He didn't need a dime from this widow, much less her last two mites. But this was about genuine worship. This was about us seeing that it's, that it's Jesus who meets our need. Not our ability, not our possessions, not our pocketbooks, but it's Jesus who meets our needs. And when that becomes a reality, yes, we will give him an undeniable praise. We'll give him undeniable worship. And that's exactly what that woman done. She gave everything that she had in worship to him. Folks, it's, it's undeniable that Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the only begotten of son of God is worthy of our worship and praise. He will, we will all experience times of struggle. We will all experience times of confusion. We'll all experience times of heartache. There will be times when we don't know where to turn, but if we trust and obey, we will experience his power and his presence. And when his, and when we experience his power and presence, we will desire to worship and praise him so that we proclaim him to be king of kings and lord of lords. It just happened a few minutes ago if for some reason the song spoke to your heart and as it spoke to your heart you realize Jesus Christ is alive and well he's king of kings and lord of lords and we began to praise and worship but now you know I'm not so sure we understand fully what we're actually saying when we say we recognize him as king of kings and lord of lords What we're actually saying is that he's king of our hearts. (laughs) We got too many kings in our life. And he's going to be the king. I mean, we're saying, when we say he's king of kings and lord of lords, he's king of our heart. He's lord of our lives. We're saying that we will put nothing or no one before him. We're saying that we will crucify our flesh daily and follow him. We're saying that we'll pick up our cross and follow him. We will give him ultimate power and authority to use us in whatever way that he desires for his glory. And when we make him king of our hearts, even when he's given us unique particulars to follow, the genuineness of our praise and worship will be undeniable. Be undeniable. <laughs> uh, I'm confused, you Hatna. I hope it's good to you because you've gotten awfully quiet on me. <laughs> when we have followed the unique particulars and the, that He has given, and we. And we've given him undeniable praise. We'll have answers for the underlying question. The Bible says that when Jesus entered into Jerusalem, the city was moved. The word moved in the Greek is translated shaken. Seeing the word shaken here, we can sense that the people were astonished. You know, when we think of the word moved, 
we think of something just moving into another direction. But these folks were shaken. You know, we can often be shaken by fear. I mean, how many of you haven't heard a banging at the door in the middle of the night and the first thing you do is reach for either a weapon, I'm talking about a gun, or a bat before going to the door. You were shaken, shaken out of your sleep by fear. Yeah. That can happen in our lives. Truth is, often we are shaken by fear. And I imagine that's what had happened with the Romans during this time. Jesus is entering into Jerusalem. And there are Romans all around because Rome controlled uh, the providence. And, and as he's coming in and they're crying out, Hosanna <laughs> to the highest. They're giving praise and worship to Jesus. I imagine they were shaken up by fear. I imagine they were shaken as they feared that a popular uprising might be in the making. I imagine the Herodians, those who uh, were the ruling party of the Jewish community. I imagine they were shaken by fear that, well, you know, if he's king, then I'm going to lose my position. Oh, don't we get, doesn't that happen to us from time to time? How about on your job? How about on your job when, when someone new has been hired and you find out they got higher credentials than you have and they're starting off a little bit below you and then you want to undermine everything that they're doing because you're afraid that they're going to step over you. How about that at church? <laughs> Do we ever get shaken by fear that because we've brought someone else in that things aren't going to look the way they've always looked? Because we've allowed someone else to become a member of the church, now they have a voice and, and it's not going to go as easily as it's always been before. Maybe, maybe someone else that, that doesn't look like us has become, has come in leadership and because they're in leadership, we look and we think that things are going to change. I'm not going to get to have my position or my way. Or maybe just we can get shaken up by fear of losing positions. I imagine the Pharisees, they were shaken up to new depths of envy and malice. As the multitude worshiped and praised this carpenter's son, not a biblical scholar, but a carpenter's son. Now they're worshiping and praising him where they've been They've come down through the family lineage to, to be the, the priests and the Levites and, and the chiefs among the people. Oh, how does it feel when someone from outside of the right family comes in? Does that bring, us, bring fear upon us sometime? <laughs> Listen, they were so shaken that they asked, who is this? But it would appear that the people, <laughs> that the people there, they were shaken also. But they weren't shaken by fear. They were shaken with excitement and expectation. As they were convinced that this is the day of their liberation. They, they were convinced that, that, that this is the Messiah. They were convinced that he was the one that they had prophesied about. They were convinced that this Jesus of Nazareth was coming in as to be their king. Oh, they were shaken with excitement and expectation. You know, the Lord Jesus is still shaking up lives today, isn't he? He's still shaking up lives. There are many of you who, 
at a young age trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And, and all you can remember is serving the Lord. But I'd venture to say that he's even shaken your lives from time to time. I'm sure you've experienced times when your faith got weak and, and out of nowhere he demonstrated just how real he, real he is. Not only real in heaven, but also real on earth and in your life. Yeah, some of you, I'm sure, have been, have, there have been times when in your, that your life didn't pan out the way you wanted it. Or you think back and you say, well, if my life had planned out the way I wanted it, I'd be in a mess. But God took control of my life and he led me in a different direction. And it just shakes you up to think about where it could have been. Well, what about the other side of that? Some of you probably look back and you know, you know exactly where you're headed versus where you are. And it just shakes you up to know, just to know where you could have been. You know, what shakes me up is to think that I answered the call of ministry at the age of 30 when I should have answered at the age of 15. It just shakes me up. The problem was I didn't know what was going on at 15. And then I go to thinking, well, God knew what he was doing by not allowing me to know what's going on. But it become very real that after I announced my call, that that's what was happening when I was 15 and 16. But I was just so girl crazy. I was the typical 15-year-old. I was the typical athlete. I was the typical guy that walked around in school thinking I had it all together. When I know that if I would have answered a call then, I'd have probably destroyed the ministry for myself. Yeah, it shakes me up to know that God knew what he was doing. And I'm so glad he knew because I wouldn't have known what I was doing. Some of you may be shaking right now. Some of your lives may be shook up right now. Just maybe you thought that he would not or he could not love you. But you just can't get away from the fact that he continues to pour you out of the mess that you've made in your life. Maybe he's calling you right now and you can't understand why he would want a relationship with you. Well, you're not alone. Most of us have been there. And I want to encourage you today just to lay aside your fear. Lay aside your doubt. Just for this moment. As every head's bowed and every eye's closed. Instead of being shaken by fear and doubt, why not be shaken with excitement? The excitement of becoming a child of God. Oh, I, I assure you that if you are willing to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we'll rejoice with you. Why not be shaken with expectation? The expectation of receiving the peace of God, the word when... You look into this world, the chaos of the world doesn't begin to control you because the peace of God is carrying you. In case you didn't know, it's Jesus who's calling. It's Jesus who's calling. As they begin to sing this song of invitation, will you answer his call? 
If you believe Jesus is the Son of God, if you believe he come to this sin-cursed world, live the sinless life, if you believe that he died on an old rugged cross for your sin, and on the third day God raised him from the dead, you can be saved today if you're willing to confess him as your Lord and Savior.